Welcome to another episode of the Total R&B Podcast. And today's guest uh, we have, she was born in Nigeria, raised in Toronto, Ontario, of course. She is known for her soulful voice, her profound lyrics. She writes her music. And her latest single that we're going to get into, Hurt Bay, had over 1 million views on YouTube, which is crazy for a brand new artist. So welcome to the podcast, Osei. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. And did I pronounce your name correctly? Yes, you did. You did. Okay, perfect. Perfect. I always worry about that. I'm like, oh my God. Nah, you're good. You're good. You got it. (laughs) Okay, cool. So one of the first questions I always ask my guests on the show is, what is your first memory of R&B music? (sighs) My first memory of R&B. Um... Man, I grew up I grew up a lot with uh gospel music and just being surrounded by gospel, but I guess my first memory is um as a kid I was always watching like um American Idol like okay. with my mom. So I would say like anything any R&B artists that were <laughs> on like early American Idol, like yeah, that's definitely my first memory. Also, I remember there was this I forgot what the movie's called, but um Brandy was in it and Diana Ross was in it. And um oh, yes. yes. Yeah, the movie they did together. I remember watching that with my mom as a kid. And that was actually the first time I ever heard um a Brandy song. Have you ever? Mm-hmm. Like that was that's my favorite, like my favorite Brandy song. So I would say those two are probably like my earliest memories of R and B. Okay. I gotta look yeah. up that movie. I remember that. Yeah. And one scene that I remember from that movie, I think, was when they were in the studio recording. Mm-hmm. And I think Brandy was sitting down and Diana Ross's character was getting mad at her for, like, sitting down and singing. Yes. And yes. I was just like, oh, you're not supposed to sit down and you're sing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I got to look that up. Oh, my gosh. That brings back so many memories. So, as you mentioned... Um, you grew up listening to a lot of gospel music. And when yeah. I was reading about you, your family was like heavy in the, the church. Like your parents had roles in the church and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So speak on that. Like what did your parents do and how did you get involved with singing at church? Yeah. So my dad, um, he was a pastor. And then uh, my mom, she was uh, MD for the choir, music director. And okay. so um I would always like follow her to choir practices or like midweek practices. And I don't know, like, even though I wasn't in the adult choir, like there was just like something so mesmerizing and enchanting about just like being surrounded by the music. You know what I mean? Like the voices and the instruments. Like I remember um, how I actually started singing in church was this one um, after this one practice, everybody was packing up to go home. And then the, the instrumentalists, they were all just jamming out, doing their thing. And so I went over and, you know, they started playing. He's got the whole world in his hands. Mm-hmm. And I started singing along and somebody was like, yo, get this, get this girl a mic. What are we doing? Get this, somebody, get this kid a mic. And, you know, I started, I started singing my, my little heart out, my little five-year-old heart out. And before, you know, I was singing a special in church every Sunday after that. So that's. Did your parents know that you could sing at that young age? Like, did you sing around the house and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, they did because um, I don't, I don't think I have the tape anymore. But I think um, there was like a a tape uh, of me when I was two years old singing Hakuna Matata because oh. the yeah because the Lion King was like <laughs> that was like my favorite one of my favorite Disney movies as a kid, mm-hmm. and so um, 
yeah, they they had like a video of me singing Hakuna Matata when I was like two. And I always used to watch it back. I don't know if I still have it anymore, but yeah, they they always knew that it was there. I'm sure the tape is somewhere hidden. Yeah, Gotta definitely. Just dig it up, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's there. But that is so cute. Oh my gosh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> and I love that you know everybody in the church because I feel like to sing in the church you really have to sing. Mm-hmm. If you can't really sing, they'll politely tell you to sit this. Oh morning. yeah, they they will they will tell you. You know, I I think you can. I think God is good. Okay. <laughs> I think you can sit this one out. <laughs> so that is dope. And at five, mm-hmm. that is crazy. Do you feel like that is missing? Like, I don't know if this was like a fake thing, but I used to always like, I love interviews. I love R&B artists. Like I love it all. So I watch a lot of interviews. I used to read a lot of like magazines and stuff like that. So a lot of like my favorite singers, they grew up in, in, in the church and I feel like their voices gave us something that we don't have today. Mm-hmm. So do you think that's missing? Like those church singers? Um, I would, I would say so. You know what I mean? Like there, of course there's a lot of great singers that um don't have a church background that are still able to give you that feel, but there's something about coming um from that background that I don't know, it just gives you like an extra oomph. Like for me personally, if I'm speaking from my own experience, I grew up in an African church, like from the whatever age I was that my parents started bringing me to church up until now, like I've always gone to an African church and something that they instill in you and drill into you is like, this is not a performing space. You know what I mean? This is a space where we are to carry people along through a spiritual journey and we need to touch people. You know what I mean? And so I feel like they just really instill that mindset of giving people that feeling, you know what I mean? With your voice, through your actions, through your presence, and just every part of you um, as you sing the song. So I feel like being from church, um, it, it just gives you that understanding on a whole different level. You know what I mean? So I agree yeah. totally. And that you brought up a point too, like that emotion is yeah. there that I don't know what it is. Like you just really connect mm-hmm. with the music or what the person is saying. Like you feel like whatever they're going through, you're going through whatever yes. they overcame. I overcame that too. Mm-hmm. So, But that is something that I do see that I feel is missing. Yeah. Um, there are some artists that, like you said, don't have that background, but they still bring that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do kind of miss it a bit more. I do too. Yeah. yeah. I, wish, <laughs> I wish I was there. And then I was also, um, cause I love, I, I'm such a huge fan of Tank and mm-hmm. I was listening to his podcast, um, R&B Money mm-hmm. and his co-host brought up a good point that he has a song called Slowly that was on his first album. Mm-hmm. Love the song, but I didn't notice it's very like gospel like the way it's put together, even though yeah. what he's talking about is not, <laughs> would not be sung in a church at all. Of course. But from the way the keys are going, the way mm-hmm. he's singing, everything, the background, it's, it sounds like if you took the lyrics out, like you muffle the lyrics, it sounds yeah. <laughs> like a gospel song, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But again, that song, it just, I don't know, for me, you really feel that song. So yeah, that's very true. And another thing uh, that I read about you that I loved, and I want you to talk about that, is your grandmother. Yes. So, yeah, you mentioned your grandmother um, was pursuing music. Mm-hmm. 
So I want to, you know, for you to share her story with us and how you're continuing her legacy through what you're doing as an artist. Yeah. So um, growing up, my dad, he would always tell me stories of like how, um, because that's his mom, how uh, my grandma, she had her own band and everything. Um, They did, you know, some records here and there. Um, I still haven't gotten the chance to listen to any of them. I'm trying to get him to show them to me. I'm yet to hear them. But um, yeah, they they had their own band. They did like mini tours, like, you know, in their village and whatnot, because this was like back in the day, like in Nigeria. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. And doing music is actually how she met my grandpa as well, because he was I think they were at the same venue one day and he was like a drummer for another Mm -hmm. band. And like she was um, with her band at this venue and they just so happened to connect. And that was how they met. You know what I mean? But um, just because of like the environment that she was in and everything and, you know, being the time that it was music wasn't really considered like a viable career back then you know what I mean yeah um so she just never had the opportunity to pursue it the way she wanted to and like full force mm-hmm. um it's actually so funny because we look scarily alike too really yeah we look very like carbon copy it's it's crazy <laughs> like wow. everything but um yeah like when I heard her story Cause I I do music just because it's a way for me to express because sometimes I'm not the best at communicating my feelings. So Mm -hmm. music is kind of that avenue for me to um, express through another means, but it like hearing her story also gave me my why, you know, because she never had the opportunity to pursue her career and be who she wanted to be. So it's like, I'm in this land of opportunities. So why not? You know what I mean? Let me, let me continue what, she started and what she never got to finish that's such like to me when I read that that's such a beautiful story and then for you to like talk a bit more about it like I love hearing that does your dad like your dad especially does he like see that in you like he does he does does. yeah and he he said like he he was the one that showed me the the picture of her and he was just like you look just like her like y'all sound alike y'all have the same like stature build everything like you're her you know what I mean (laughs) like (laughs) that is so funny he gave birth to his mom basically you know what I mean that is hilarious but that it's so beautiful at the same time Mm -hmm. that you're continuing her legacy so she's probably like so proud of what you've been doing especially in such a short amount of time yeah that is crazy thank you amazing amazing Okay, so then also talking about like with your grandmother, like being here in Canada, yes, we have options, but our R&B scene is not always put to the forefront. It's not always pushed a lot. So do you see yourself eventually having to move out of Toronto to, you know, get to where you want to go? I definitely do. Toronto has, um, don't get me wrong, Toronto has, you know, given me a lot of opportunities, but at the end of the day, you know, I do want to expand my coast. I do want to reach larger audiences. Um, you know, and I, I want to touch more people than just what's here in Canada. So eventually I do see myself like going to the States and, and whatnot just to further my career. Okay. And is there anything that Canada should be doing for their R&B artists? Like, what would you love for them? What would you love to see for artists? Maybe 
not in the next like your time maybe you you would have gone off to the US or wherever and you know exploded and live in the mm-hmm. life of your dreams but what would you yeah. like to see happen for R&B artists here in Canada um i would say maybe more performance opportunities for upcoming artists i think that's a big thing there's a lot of programs um thank god that are put in place to help upcoming artists um you know get on their feet like we got the remix project we got soundstock um we got honey jam but i think it's more than just you know like sitting in a room with people and just hearing people talk because i've been to you know lots of conferences i've been to you know lots of um like seminars and meetings and a lot of like over time it kind of starts to become the same thing over and over again and it's like okay how are these people in these higher positions going to help me get to where i want to be because it's like you can say so much but you know at the end of the day it's like if you're only telling me what to do and it's like you're not really you know putting any action behind it it's all just words you yeah. know what i mean so i guess just um more action on the side of like the mentors mm-hmm. i mean you know just like taking upcoming artists under their wing and actually being willing to help and not just like advise yeah. <laughs> um and then more performance opportunities for upcoming artists as well that no i totally agree with that cuz me too with my career path as well i've been to the career boot camps i've done you know mentorship programs i've done so many different events where mm-hmm. i've even like flew out to different places to go yes. to these events but yeah it becomes the same thing like over time you kind of mm-hmm. like i heard this i've done it i'm still here yeah <laughs> so i totally get that but i do want to talk about honey jam Mm-hmm. Um, I did have uh, Ebony Row on a podcast episode um, earlier, and I think she is amazing. Uh, I want to know about your experience being uh, with Honey Jam this year. Yeah, Honey Jam was um, dope. Uh, all the all the conferences and seminars that I attended, I felt um, just really gave me, you know, apart from the knowledge I already have, just like different perspectives like um I went to the the law the entertainment law workshop that was really dope because um I'm very interested in law I'm actually in uni right now I'm taking law yeah so that that was something I was I was really interested in got to make a lot of connections not just with the people that were teaching us but also with the girls that were in my cohort um you know, so it was just it was just great to be a part of something like that that brings female artists together, because a lot of the time in the industry, like it's kind of drilled into us this um, mentality of competition when in reality we should, you know, be wanting to help one another and just, you know, build and stand on each other's shoulders and just be that support system. So I feel like Honey Jam was um, not just in a music sense, but also in just that communal sense as well. And the showcase the night of was absolutely amazing like all the girls killed it like you would have never thought that these were upcoming artists you know what I mean everybody served everybody ate and (laughs) (laughs) left no crumbs so yeah it was it was really dope no I love that but I love that Honey Jam gives you the opportunity to see different parts of the music business so Mm -hmm. it might not be just one lane uh where you get kind of like the same type of information from different 
people, you get to see the different parts. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times, too, as an artist, you just want to focus on the music. Exactly. Right? And just creating and performing. But there's just so many different parts mm-hmm. of the music business. And I think it is important for artists to know a little bit about each. Yeah. Um, so I think that's I think that's so important. And then, of course, the show. Mm. I was so mad I couldn't go. <laughs> you, nah, you had to be there. You had to be there. <laughs> I, like, I really need to get it. Because that's another thing, too, that I was talking about to people is that I find Canadian artists, like, they really put on a show. They do. Mm-hmm. They really put on a show. I don't know what it is. Like sometimes I'll go to shows like in the U.S. and I don't know if it's because they have it in their head. They feel like they already got it or something. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's not. They don't bring a hundred percent to the stage. And I feel like every time I see artists in Canada perform, I see them bringing a hundred percent. So I got to attend, like for example, um, Canadian Music Week. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to all of the shows and different things like that. And all the artists in different genres, they like really were. They brought it, right? Yeah. Like each time, no matter if it was rock, if it was R&B, if it was hip hop, like it was a show. And it didn't matter what venue. Like like some venues I went in there and there was like 20 people. Mm -hmm. But the artists still put on like a full show. Yep. And I think that is super dope. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, we definitely need that. So for you, uh, starting out as an artist, what do you feel is important to have like as a team right off the bat? Like, what would you suggest for other artists coming up? Like, should you find a producer? Should you find a manager? Should you find an agent? Like, what are some uh, important things to have people to have in your team? I would say um, number one is like people that believe in you or are just like on the same wavelength as you. You know what I mean? Because or just people that that see the vision, you know, because um, one of those people for me is my mom. She's my biggest support system. Like, I I honestly don't think I would have gotten as far as. I am now without her because mm-hmm. she's just poured so much into me, like not just advice, but financially as well. And she supports me in every way possible, like transportation, like emotional support, everything. You know what I mean? So just having those people around you that are going to keep you grounded mm-hmm. and that are going to support you, that see the vision. Another person um, I would say that really supports me no matter what is uh, my producer, my best friend, um, LJ, uh, we got connected through, um, Jeff Robinson and it feels like, it feels like we've known each other forever, (laughs) but realistically it's only been like two years and a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're the same age, everything. Like he's, that's, that's my bro. Like that's my brother. You know what I mean? He Mm -hmm. supports me emotionally on the music end. Like, just making sure that you have people around you that see the vision that are on the same wavelength as you that want the same things you do and more. Um, I would say that's very important because that's, what's going to keep you going because this, this music thing, like it can, it can get really frustrating. It can get really depressing, but when you have people around you that are going to lift you up, that are going to be real with you as well, that is what's going to keep you going at the end of the day and just going to keep you you know, wanting this even more and more and just believing in yourself too, that you can do it. So, yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's a big key because yeah. it is it is frustrating, especially well, I think at all stages, because I was gonna say of like course. when you first start, but then I think people, artists, we're human. So mm-hmm. people go through things up and down all the time. So yeah, yeah, that is important. And you did say you met your producer through Jeff Robinson, who yeah. if I'm not mistaken, is the manager for her. Yes. Right. So how did you connect with Jeff? Because that's a huge yeah. that's huge yes it is um so I actually connected with Jeff through Clubhouse um yeah so the way it happened was um during the pandemic obviously everybody's in their houses nobody can really go anywhere and you know like it felt like everybody was gatekeeping this app at one point because I would always see like people screenshotting themselves in rooms and stuff, but I never knew what the name of this app was. And so I think one day um, I saw somebody like post it. They were just like, hey, everybody get on this app. If you're not on it, like this is where you need to be if you want to network. And so I downloaded it immediately. Um, Somehow I got an invite. And then, yeah, and then I was just going from, like, room to room. Like, every room that said music on it, you would see me in there playing my stuff. You know what I mean? So um, I was just going to every single music room there was, just playing my music. And there was this one room um, on this particular day. I think I waited in there for, like, six hours just to play my music. Yeah, six hours just to play my music. And by the time it even got to my turn, like, Jeff left the room. <laughs> so, yeah. And then um, I think he popped back in and then he was like, uh, cause everybody was raving about it. This was at the time that I was um, promoting my single do no more. Cause it was about mm-hmm. to come out. And so everybody was raving about it. Jeff was like, wait, I didn't hear it. Play it again. And so uh, I played it again. Uh, he loved it. He thought it was really dope. Um, he followed me back on Instagram. He liked a couple of my photos Um and I think he responded to my story and he said the song was really dope. And then I told him like, like, yo, like you're like, you're, you're super dope. Like I would love to, you know, like connect with you. And then he was just like, yeah, sure. Send me his number. We talked so that. <laughs> I know we, we talked that night. It was like, we'd known each other for like years. Like we connected like instantly. And so um, it's, it's been history from there. Now he's developing me. I'm working on my, my EP Um, And also what's so funny is that prior to like this whole clubhouse thing happening where I met Jeff, um, like I'm a big fan of her. And so Mm -hmm. I think she reposted something that he tagged her in um, on her story. And then I was like, oh, this must be somebody on her team. Like, let me follow this person. I don't know if anything is going to come out of it, um, but you never know. Let me just follow them. I think this was like a couple months prior. So it's it's really insane that um, that that connection happened so that is crazy it's so (laughs) like it's wild to me how things align Mm -hmm. like so smoothly and you would never think like that was probably never on your your radar to really be like oh let me make sure jeff hears my song like yeah no like at the start of the pandemic like you didn't have that written down as like one of your goals just yet you know and for that to happen to be the manager of one of your favorite artists to really take interest and then be Mm -hmm. so chill. And then the connection that you two have, like that is insane. Like, yeah, he, he, even, even Alicia keys. Cause he was, um, he discovered and was managing Alicia and I grew up on Alicia keys. Like one of my huge inspirations, absolutely love Alicia. Um, so it's really crazy that, uh, even like, you know, he had Brandy at one point, the fact that these are all like musicians that have shaped, 
the artists and the sound that I have today and to be in the same playground as them is is crazy. <laughs> that is so wild. I'm excited for you though. Thank so, you. I cannot wait to see what you guys cook up together, especially with the producer and everything. So the EP that you're currently working on, do yeah. you know when around, like not a specific date, but like mm-hmm. around what time you'll be releasing it? Is it this year, early next year? Uh, not just yet. I'm still um, working on it, putting all the pieces together, but um, it's it's very close to being done. What I will say, though, is I do have new music dropping next month that mm. I'm very excited for. Uh, so you can expect that. Okay. <laughs> so but for now, we'll yeah. talk about Her Bay because I know mm-hmm. that's out and it's been doing extremely well. Yeah. So how did that song come together? So that song... Um, I actually wrote on Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was, I was, you know, I, I had a, a situation with somebody and, um, we, we got into a little disagreement and then I think I called LJ right after because, you know, I just, I was just down and, you know, he was just like, let's make music. You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's put it into a song. Um, we were kind of just looking for inspiration. We were listening to Jasmine because um, I, I think at the time, like Hotels um, maybe had just come out or okay. I don't know. But all I know is that we were listening to Jasmine um, and then he was just like, wait, I'm gonna call you back. And then he came back with this uh, beat, which was the the loop for Hurt Bay. Mm-hmm. And we we wrote it. <laughs> we wrote it. So and what yeah. is usually what is your do you have like a process for, mm-hmm. for writing music? Yeah, or it just depends. Uh, for me, what it was before was um, I would sit in the dark and mm-hmm. I would kind of just like meditate. And I don't know, like something even now, like I still love to record in the dark or just like write in the dark because I feel like it helps me center myself because I, I get distracted very easily. So um, just not being able to see anything around me and it's just like me, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it just helps me stay focused. Uh, what I like to do um, now, or at least what I've been doing for a while is just um, freestyling on the beat, uh, like freestyling okay. melodies like trying to freestyle words and then whatever kind of like sticks out um, is what will kind of shape the, the lyrics around. Okay. Yeah. I like that. All right. Yeah. So yes, everybody go and stream her bay. If you haven't heard it, if you have stream it some more, stream it some more, get, get some more <laughs> on YouTube, yeah. do all the things. And then of course we have the EP that will be coming out sooner than later. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Um, and then another thing that I did see is that you caught the eye of some other interesting people like yes. Jam. Mm-hmm. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how that happened, um, I believe it was in that same room that okay. uh, that Jeff was in. Um, played Do No More. And then after that, uh, he DM me and he was like, consider me a fan. Like. Yeah, I'm so serious. I still got the DM. (laughs) He was like, consider me a fan. I love Do No More. Like that, that's a great song. Good job. I was like, it's coming from you. Like, (laughs) do you know who you have worked with, who you've made songs with? Like, man, yeah, that was, that was really cool. 
Oh my gosh. So this all has to be confirmation, especially during the pandemic Yeah, that you're doing what you are supposed to be mm-hmm. doing. Like this is definitely your lane. I know sometimes some artists kind of question like, mm-hmm. should I be doing this? Am I wasting my time? Do people really mess with my music? Am I going to get anywhere? But I think from these different things like Jeff Robinson, finding your producer, LJ, to Jimmy Jam, to even having SZA, like, yeah. post your stuff. I think, like, if you don't know that you're that girl, <laughs> you should all confirm, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. That is so crazy. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. All of these legend people. So that's amazing. So uh, you just finished Honey Jam. You guys did uh, the performance as okay. well. Do you have any... up? Uh, like upcoming shows that are happening soon? Uh, I do. I have a show on September 10th. Okay. And then um, it's called Flavors and Vibes. It's in my city, Brampton. Uh, So if you are in Brampton or the GTA, pop out. And then um, I actually also have my first show across the border in New York on September 27th. All right. That's really exciting too. Well, congratulations on that. Do you see yourself maybe touring with your EP? When it oh, comes yeah, out? for sure. Um, I hope that I get the opportunity to. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll just have to we'll just have to see what God has in store. <laughs> well, girl, God is on your side. I definitely see you touring uh, with this upcoming EP with all the things that have been happening for you within this l- the last two years mm-hmm. has been like nothing short of amazing and beautiful to see. So thank you. I definitely see that. So speaking of like touring, like who would you love to be on tour with? If you can pick like three possible people, who would it be? Um, definitely SZA. Okay. Um, Black, mm-hmm. I would love to tour with. And I would say her as well. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> I would love that. So we put that out there in the universe. You know, yes. God is always listening. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. But we heard it here, so we're gonna we're gonna keep this clip, and we're gonna see you know what comes from it. Yes, Who will you be on tour with? So that yes. is so exciting. So let's get into another portion of the show, which is R and B trivia. Let's do it. <laughs> going to ask you six questions um mm-hmm. a lot of them are multiple choice we'll see how well you do i'll be given a lot of hints and um yeah so let's start off with let's do it. question one okay so the legendary singer the voice whitney houston mm-hmm. she played the fairy godmother to which r&b legend in the 1997 remake of cinderella Oh, you don't even you don't even gotta give me multiple no, choice for no, this okay. one. Go ahead. What's that's, the answer? That's Brandy. Correct. Yes. All right, perfect. So let's go on to question number two. Mm-hmm. Which singer came on the scene with a debut single called No L O V E in 2003? Is it Seven Streeter, Janae Eiko, Ciara, or Cassie? No L O V E. Mm-hmm. Um. See, I was born in two thousand three. So, know. <laughs> like, oh my god! Um, this is one of your favorite singers that you're inspired by. 
that I read. So you said it's between Sierra, Cassie. Seven Streeter and Janae. Oh, Janae. That is correct. Yeah. Yes. So she came on the scene. So after her label made us think that she was cousins with Lil Fizz from B2K. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She came out with a single called No L-O-V-E. But Mm -hmm. then um, that was the last that we heard from her after uh, the label did not release her album. She got out of that. And then now we have the music that we all love and know from Janae. So question three. All right. So which singer sang these lyrics? And let me tell you, I'm not a singer. It's all good. I'm not lyrics. I am, mm. I'm not singing. So the lyrics are, I feel such a connection, even when you're far away. Oh, baby, if there's anything that you fear, call 489-4608 and I'll be there. Is it Mariah Carey, Janet Jackson, Alicia Keys, or Ashanti? You didn't say what year the song came out, right? No, I didn't say what year. Um, I should have looked that up. <laughs> I don't know what year it came out. Um, but the phone number is pretty famous. Can you say the phone number again? 489-4608. And the options were Alicia Keys, Ashanti. Janet Jackson and Mariah Carey. I'm going to just take a guess. I'm going to go with... You spoke about her earlier. Oh, Alicia. There you go. So that is is Diary. Oh, okay, okay, got you. So that was Diary by Alicia Keys. So that is the famous phone number that she sang in her song. And then she had to tell people to not dial that number. (laughs) (laughs) Because people were calling whoever number that belonged to. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, question five. Um, This singer is from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, She was first known as a songwriter. Then she was known as a singer when she um, signed to Timbaland. And now she is more uh, of an actress. Her debut album was called In a Perfect World. And then later she followed up with her second album titled No Boys Allowed. What is the name of this singer? Is it... Summer Walker, Carrie Hilson, Nivea, or Tiny. And you said that you, okay, so you said that she signed to Timbaland? Yeah. So she's from Atlanta, mm-hmm. born and raised. She signed to Timbaland. She's still and, signed to Timbaland? No. Her first album was called In a Perfect World. Mm hmm. And then her second album was called No Boys Allowed. Okay. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to do process of elimination. Okay. I don't think it's summer because I, like, I'm very, I'm a summer fan. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if anywhere in her bio she was ever signed to Timbaland. Um, Yeah. Okay, and her so and her like, debut album was not uh, yeah she doesn't have anything in her discography called No Boys Allowed. Okay. Um, and then you said Tiny as well. Yes. I don't think so. Good, Tiny is out. <laughs> and then what were the last two? Carrie Hilson and Nivea. Carrie Hilson and Nivea. 
Um, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say Nivea. Oh, it's Carrie? Yes. Shoot. Carrie Hilson. So, yes, Carrie was signed to Timberland back in the day when she released her album In a Perfect World. And then her second and last album so far is called No Boys Allowed. But she is more on the acting side now. Mm-hmm. She hasn't, like, released music in, like, years, unfortunately. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Next question that we have. So, hopefully you're a fan of Chris Brown. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. So, Chris Brown uh, released his first single called Run It. And it featured which rap artist? His it, first single called Run It? Yeah. Okay. Uh, was the rap artist Jay-Z, Busta Rhymes, Fabulous, or Joel Santana? Man, I feel like a lot of people are going are gonna to hate me because, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, like, a Chris Brown, like, fan. But I think Chris okay. is dope, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you, can you say the options again? Yeah. So the options for the feature on his first song, is it Jay-Z, mm-hmm. Busta Rhymes, Fabulous, or Joel Santana? I'm going to say Joel's. That is correct. Okay. That is correct. Okay, y'all, y'all, can't, y'all can't get me. Okay, y'all can't get me. <laughs> no, no, this is good. You're doing good. So now okay. we are going to take it to Canada. Okay. So you got to think of our Canadian R&B artists. Okay, let's see. So, which singer sings the following songs? Nobody's supposed to be here. Sentimental. Who do you love? And we can't be friends, which featured R&B artist RL. Is it Tamia, Deborah Cox, Keisha Shante, or Julie Black? Deborah Cox. That is correct. <laughs> that is a correct. Deborah Cox. There you go. It wasn't, see, it wasn't too, too bad. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. So thank you so much for playing R&B Trivia with me. I really appreciate it. And I do appreciate you taking time out of your day to speak with me um, and, you know, let us know what's going on in your world and get your opinion on some stuff as well. Of course. Um, before we wrap it up, I do want to ask because there is uh, questions going around on social media about R&B music the tired topic of is R&B dead and who killed R&B and Mm -hmm. all those crazy things. So what is your opinion of people having so much to say about R&B being dead when clearly I feel, in my opinion, R&B is thriving? R&B is not dead. R&B is more than alive. Um, There's so many artists that are doing their thing and doing it like, so well you know what I mean I could name so many artists like not just mainstream not just artists that have the platform but even artists that are upcoming you know what I mean we got Eli Derby on LVRN we have myself of course Uh, (laughs) you know what I mean there's there's so many upcoming artists that are doing their thing Samaria um and I feel like if you're saying R&B is dead you just haven't taken the time to really look you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I feel like it's it's a little disrespectful to the artists that 
have been working so hard in their craft and that are doing their thing, that are releasing projects and that are upholding R&B, you know what I mean? And keeping this genre, our story and um, this path going. So um, I feel like it's just a matter of taking time to see who is championing this genre for all of us and appreciating that. Well said. And let us know, I will say how we can support you and where we can follow you on social media so that we can stay up to date on everything that you're doing. Of course. Um, all my handles are at the official OSE. So that's the official OSE. Um, and that's for TikTok. That's for Instagram. That's for Twitter, Snapchat, everything. You can find me everywhere. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Uh, everybody go stream her singles uh, that she has released and look out for that EP and look out for those tours. We got yes. to have a tour with her, you know, in the upcoming years. I definitely mm -hmm. see it. Can't wait to go see it. Yes. So, yes, thank you again uh, for coming on the show. And thank you for everybody that's listening and watching. This is the Total R&B Podcast. We are a biweekly podcast, so we will be back in two weeks with a new interview.